TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. This is the State of California. Doug Sovereign is off today. As we've been reporting, Governor Gavin Newsom is promising big changes coming to California's oldest prison with plans to transform the facility into the San Quentin Rehabilitation Center. Newsom says the new institution will be one of a kind, putting an emphasis on rehabilitation and education for incarcerated people. For more on this, we are joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Professor Robert Weisberg, a professor and co-director of the Stanford Criminal Justice Center. Professor, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You know, before we get into the governor's idea, I want to address the whole reason he's proposing this recidivism. What kind of recidivism rate does California have? It has about the same recidivism rate as uh, we see all over the country. It's often measured at about 50 or 60 percent within three years, although that can be misleading because it could mean that the released prisoner commits a serious crime like one he had committed before, or in some jurisdictions they call it recidivism if the person violates parole or probation. So it's something of an artificial number, but uh, 50 or 60 percent of people released from uh, prison in California and frankly in the nation generally wind up back in trouble within a few years. Has that number moved much when you look back over the years? No, not very much. Interesting. 50 to 60 percent is a lot. Have there been any examples around the world of a project that the governor is proposing that reduces recidivism rates? Uh, Well, there's a very specific uh, set of examples in Scandinavia because, first of all, you know, uh, criminologists have often studied the Scandinavian prison systems, including Sweden, Norway, and Denmark in particular, as possible models. And as I understand it, uh, Governor Newsom's uh, team has actually uh, sent uh, some of its staff uh, to Scandinavia recently uh, to talk about how those models work. It's very, very different from the American model, yes. uh, First of all, the sentences tend to be much shorter. Second, much more emphasis is put on programming and rehabilitation, uh, and uh, their recidivism, recidivism rates are a lot lower. But it's always difficult to compare very, very different cultures and countries. Uh, and uh, it's an old story. You know, when I was young, uh, people uh, who dis, uh, in the civil rights movement would often say, why can't we be more like Sweden, which was seen as a kind of liberal social welfare state. But it was a country with five or six million people as opposed to a few hundred million and with an extremely ethnically uh, homogeneous uh, population. Uh, so, again, the, the comparisons are, are, are tricky. So we hear that Governor Newsom is basing his plan for San Quentin on what's done in Sweden and other Scandinavian countries. I know you've just seen the bare bones of it, what he's released today. Do you think it's going to work? 
Oh, I think a very concentrated effort at uh, making better use of existing facilities with some enhancements for programming is probably a good idea. And it's worth focusing on the particular place we're talking about, San Quentin. There's always been a paradox about San Quentin. Yes, it's the most famous or infamous. It's the most antiquated facility. It's a complete wreck. At the same time, uh, oddly enough, if, to the extent that prisoners have any choices about where they'd serve in California prisons, they want to serve in San Quentin. Why? The proximity to all the nonprofit and advocacy programs in San Francisco makes uh, uh, San Quentin the place with the richest programming uh, a- anywhere in California. On the other hand, uh, there's a large portion of the uh, antiquated facility which is dedicated to death row, where there isn't a lot of programming, you know, uh, as one might expect. So in some ways, a lot is going to depend on how they restructure, literally restructure the building to create more uh, space for program facilities. One other thing I'll mention, though, and I think this is going to be a concern, is that, uh, yes, it may be great if San Quentin becomes the model, but what about all the other prisons in the uh, in California? Are they going to get less attention? Ooh, that's an interesting point. Uh, so you already mentioned a framework in many different cases, not only infrastructure-wise, but program-wise. What is the governor proposing to build upon that uh, that framework? Well, I think uh, the idea is from the moment a prisoner enters, there are going to be, in a sense, contracts, uh, almost like curricula, if you will, uh, where uh, some combination of uh, drug rehab programs, but more important, occupational and educational programs, but also the possibility of borrowing from the restorative justice model which we see a lot of in the Bay Area, but that tends to be a model we see outside the prison system. In fact, there's an alternative sometimes to conviction and imprisonment. Uh, but there is the possibility of building restorative justice models inside the prison, especially where there are actually specific victims or victims groups that would participate in dialogues with prisoners who are open to the process. So this is opposite than the tough-on-crime approach that uh, became all the rage in the 1990s. Is California ready for a shift in how they treat prisoners? Uh, probably more than some other states. Uh, but, of course, it's ironic that, you know, uh, again, a kind of a paradox, California is a very liberal state. And, and of course, you know, the the dismantling of uh, a death row here uh, is made possible by the fact that although the, ca- the death penalty hasn't been repealed, it seems unlikely anybody's going to get sentenced to death in California in many years. So it's a liberal state in that regard. But it's very volatile politically. You know, we often have ballot propositions which react to other ballot propositions and up the punishments and things like that. So there's going to be a lot of politicking over the threat of recidivism. Uh, the one thing I want to emphasize is that, in a sense, California taxpayers have to make a choice. By far, the most expensive prisoners to keep in prison are the older ones. Uh, they are very expensive to maintain because of their health care costs. They're also the people who, at a certain point in their lives, present almost zero risk of recidivism. I often say that there aren't a lot of 72-year-old linebackers in the NFL. Well, there aren't a lot of 72-year-old violent criminals because people age out. So if the state wanted to save money, even without programming, it would just find ways of getting older prisoners out of prison. The problem, though, is that the older prisoners are there that long because they probably committed the most serious crimes. So that's a kind of choice between retributivism and efficacious government government that the um, people of California will have to make. Well, you talk about the politicking. How long does it take, do you think, to implement and see effects uh, from these big changes to institutions like this? 
social science is not very good at this because crime rates could go up or down shortly after some very significant changes in programming and it will be very difficult, if not impossible, to say what was the cause and what was the effect, because there are so many factors here. I I would say that I don't think it would be necessary to show this program was a success to prove that the uh, crime rate dropped drastically. I think it's important simply that it not go up a lot. And although there have been talks about crime spikes during the pandemic, it remains true that crime in California, like in many places in the United States, is much, 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 how many muches can I say, lower than it was at the peak of the crime rate uh, around uh, 1990. Well, thank you so much for talking to us and joining us. Uh, our guest on the State of California, Professor Robert Weisberg. He's professor and co-director of the Stanford Criminal Justice Center. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.